Welcome to the Two Cities Podcast, a podcast about theology, culture, and discipleship. And this is episode 100. If you haven't already, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review. And you can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or visit us at our website at thetwocities.com. On this episode, we are celebrating our 100th episode. We are so very excited. Thanks to everybody for listening, for subscribing, reviewing, for telling others about us. We are so honored and so privileged to have you join us for this wonderful journey, and we're excited for what's in store. In this episode, we're going to do something a little different. We're going to have some listener feedback. You'll hear from our previous guests. You'll hear from all of the podcast hosts. We've got some bloopers in store for you, and you'll hear the origin story story of our theme music, as well as the new theme music that we have planned for the next 100 episodes at the very end of the episode. Thanks to everybody who sent in their comments and questions. We really appreciate it. Comments throughout the episode will be punctuated by little dings and our team members will respond in turn. Enjoy the episode and thanks once again for listening. Hi, this is Dr. AJ Swoboda from Bushnell University, and I'm recording a brief note on the occasion of the 100th episode of the Two Cities uh, podcast and uh, blog. For years, uh, as an academic and as somebody who does a great deal of pastoral work, I often find plenty of resources that are really, really good at analyzing and deconstructing culture, and there are other resources that are really good at theology. And what I've found so helpful with the work that the Two Cities does is that it's a beautiful blend of both. There is maybe no greater resource out there that helps us think through both culturally, how do we exist as Christians in the world, but faithfully, theologically, to the witness of Scripture and the Christian tradition. And so for that, I'm deeply grateful. Uh, Congratulations on 100 episodes. I can't wait for the next 100. My name is Jacob Dunn, brother of John Dunn, and I just wanted to say how much I enjoy the two cities and the quality content that comes with it. A specific example was when Dr. Swoboda guested on the podcast and talked about spiritual deconstruction versus doubt. It was such an eye-opening and helpful episode, and that happens a lot when I listen to The Two Cities. It's just a raw, real, and intellectual podcast that challenges and strengthens my faith. So cheers to The Two Cities host and crew. God bless you guys. Hi, Two Cities team. This is Stephanie from North Dakota. Congratulations on 100 episodes, and thank you for all the time that you've put into this podcast. When it comes to learning, I felt kind of stuck with just the different resources and authors that Christian culture was pushing out, and so I really appreciated all the variety of godly men and women that Two Cities has introduced me to. Um, I've also really loved the women hosts on the podcast. I wish that we lived in the same city so we could be friends. I do have a question for everybody. I'm trying to be more of an avid reader, so I'm curious, what's a favorite book that you would recommend that someone just has to read? And it can be any genre, any type of book, any length. Hey, Stephanie, that's a great question. Uh, This is Josh Carroll here, and I would uh, recommend a few books. I would recommend a few authors, actually. One of my favorite authors um, all time is a guy named Robert Mulholland Jr., and he was a professor in Asbury Seminary for a while, and he's passed away. 
but he's been very influential in the spiritual formation uh, circles. Uh, so people like David Benner and Ruth Haley Barton, uh, they were found, he, was, he was foundational for their work. And uh, he also looks at different things, really New Testament exegesis and spiritual formation. So a couple of his books are Invitation to a Journey and a Deeper Journey. Those have been really influential in my life and uh, just good thinking books about spiritual formation and classic uh, spirituality. So, and then one of my favorite authors too, and probably my all-time favorite book is The Great Divorce by C.S. Lewis. Uh, every time I pick that thing up, I think deeper and he challenges me still. I'm just thinking about the aspects of salvation and what happens after that. And also just the imaginative wonder that he brings to uh, people's transformation experience. I think those are the two authors I'd recommend. Hey, it's Grace Emmett here. A book that I've really appreciated this year, uh, which has got quite a punchy title, is called Men Who Hate Women uh, by Laura Bates, who you might know from her project Everyday Sexism, which has sort of collected um, women's stories of different sexual harassment that they experience uh, on all sort of different levels and been a kind of public forum for airing that. Um, she's a quite a prominent uh, activist in the UK. I don't know how well, she, well known she is uh, in other areas. Um, but yeah, so she's written this book and it's looking at um, different uh, men's groups, I guess, broadly, uh, which are kind of clustered around an anti-feminist impetus. Um, so that ranges from anything to incel groups to men's rights activists. Um, and I thought I'd mention that because we've talked about uh, MRA, men's rights activist groups, at a couple of different points, um, in, particularly in the gender series. I think I've mentioned that at points. And this is quite a comprehensive study of those different types of groups that exist. And I don't think that data has been available in quite that way before. So her sort of mapping of that is really fascinating. I would say it's it's quite heavy going. And I had I was listening to it as an audio book and I had to listen to that over quite a long period of time. It's quite a lot to absorb in one go. Um, but I think the importance of this book is just raising the profile of some of this um, some of these movements particularly that are happening online um, which is really worrying and of course it's hard to tackle these things unless we actually know about them and know what's going on so it's, it's phenomenal that she's done uh, all this research and pulled it all together in one place um, so I'd really recommend that if you sort of want to have a better grip of um, those sorts of movements that are happening particularly online at the moment uh, and she offers lots of inspiring um, points at the end in terms of thinking about how we combat gender-based violence. Thanks, Stephanie, for those kind words. Uh, it's Brandon Herbert here. Two books that I recently read that I wish that I had read a lot earlier in my life. One of them is fiction. The other one is uh, more theology. Uh, the, th the theology one is by Carl Rahner, uh, and it's called Encounters with Silence. It's a kind of more of a, a book on prayer and uh, just kind of his experience with prayer. And the other book is kind of sci-fi called Hyperion uh, by Dan Simmons, and it's basically... Canterbury Tales in Space, and I really enjoyed it. Hi, Stephanie. Uh, this is Chris, and thanks uh, for your kind words and for your question. The books that um, are immediately coming to my mind are the ones that I'm reading right now, which um, I've been enjoying a ton. Um, the first one is Jonathan Franzen um, and his recent book called uh, Crossroads. You know, he got a lot of uh, notoriety from um, his earlier book, The Corrections, which I, I'm a fan of. Crossroads doesn't quite read the same way, but the subject matter is about a church family, um, pastors, kids, a church youth group. <laughs> um, but it's uh, it's not written, obviously, from a Christian perspective, if you know anything about Franzen. Uh, but it's it's um, it's been a very compelling read for me. 
also equally compelling, Kathy Park Hong has written a book called Minor Feelings. And I've just been amazed as I've, I've read it because she really does capture this high wire act of what it means to be Asian American. Um, and uh, she does it uh, so intelligently. And uh, it's, been, it's been a very, very challenging, but also um, insightful read uh, from any perspective that you come from. And um, I, I highly recommend both of those books. Hey, Stephanie, this is Amber. Um, as a final recommendation, I have been reading The Thing in Itself by Adam Roberts. And it's a novel that has just been fun for me to read in the evenings, just to clear my brain. Um, but it's super interesting. And uh, it's got a little bit of a sci-fi feel to it, but the author also draws a lot from the philosopher Immanuel Kant, so it's very interesting, but it definitely has this sci-fi fun weaving narratives element to it as well. Hey friends at Two Cities, this is Madison Pierce. Congratulations on 100 episodes. That's honestly incredible. I'm super biased because I have a lot of friends on the show and I'm a big fan of even those of you that I haven't met personally, but um, I often say that it's my favorite podcast. So thank you for your hard work. Uh, some of my favorite series have been the, the recent series on gender and also race and ethnicity. Um, but one of the things that I really appreciate about y'all is you are always looking at interesting um, social issues and making sure to think about how our faith intersects with those. So thanks again for your hard work. My name is Taylor, and I've been listening to The Two Cities for quite some time now, and I've always been curious. How did you come up with the name Two Cities, and what does it mean to you? Yeah, thanks for that question, Taylor. We actually came up with the name The Two Cities when we first started this blog back in 2011. And the idea of The Two Cities comes from Augustine, uh, who talks about the city of God and the city of man. And it's really kind of the idea of, of, the, of the blog was that we wanted to be kind of like at that nexus of where the city of God and the city of man meet. And so we want to talk about theology and culture and, and, and discipleship. Some people have thought maybe it was a tale of the two cities from Charles Dickens that inspired the name, and some wondered if maybe it was Minneapolis-St. Paul, since uh, I now live here uh, since 2017 teaching at, at Bethel Seminary, but there's no relation there. And a number of our team members have been around for, for a while participating in the blog side of things, uh, and then when we transitioned to a, a podcast, uh, switching over to that forum and, and, and venue. And our longest-running uh, team member is Grace Ng, who has been a part of the team since 2013. How have you enjoyed the transition from blog to podcast? Hey, John, um, it's been great. Yeah. But at the beginning, I was actually very hesitant to a transition from a blog to a podcast because I am mostly like a writer. And so, you know, going to a podcast, it's a very different medium. Um, just having to like think on the spot I think has really challenged and grown me in a lot of good ways, but I think it's been really great because we have been able to get some amazing guests on the podcast and being able to interact with them and dialogue with them like in real time has been amazing. So yeah, even though I was hesitant at first, I am um, so grateful that we transitioned into a podcast and um, yeah, thanks all for listening. We have to mention that Grace Ng has just passed her Viva. She is now officially Dr. Grace Sangling Ng. Congratulations, Grace, and well done. Thanks, John. Yeah, I get to join all y'all 
uh, all you doctors. So um, yeah, it's exciting. I'm relieved for sure. But yeah, thanks for the congratulations. So so how was the experience of the Viva? Was it was it quite stressful? Yeah, it was a bit stressful. I actually just transitioned jobs, you know, um, within the last few months. And so trying to finish a dissertation while starting a new job is a bit hectic. Um, I actually had to postpone um, doing my final defense like um, a month just because I needed more time to um, make some revisions. And so, yeah, I was uh, just relieved that um, my committee members approved it um, and that I passed um, with some, I still have to do some minor revisions, but yeah, super relieved and grateful. Yeah, to be honest, I was telling some friends this, um, that it kind of feels like um, I'm breaking up in, like from being in a long-term relationship because I actually am going outside of academia now. So I'm not like you know, I've been on this path for, I don't know, like almost 15 years and I'm kind of changing the course. So yeah, it's, I'm super grateful. Um, but yeah, lots of transitions. So. Well, congratulations. And we're all very happy for you. And we can't wait to celebrate with you the next time we're all together. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. Hi, my name's Richard Bradford and I work for Swiss Libri. I'm not a big podcast guy, but I have been listening to the two cities now for a year, year and a half or so, and I've really enjoyed it. There's been some great series, and they're always really engaging and interesting, and they have some interesting guests on. So thanks, guys, and keep up the good work, and all the best. Hi, Two Cities team. I wanted to thank you for the podcast in March on your reactions to the Atlanta spa shootings, where you discussed those shootings and the ramifications for the Asian community. This one really struck a chord for me as I was having similar conversations about this with my own friends, as I record some of my own experiences with discrimination based on my ethnicity and race, and my own struggles and hurts that I had not dealt with previously, which were brought to the surface. Not only did I learn so much from the podcast team members whose insightful, sensitive reflections helped me to verbalise thoughts that I had had but couldn't find the words to express them myself, but I also sent along this podcast to my friends who wanted to learn more as well. I regularly recommend Two Cities podcast to friends when they're relevant to conversations we have. But I would say I recommended this one the most times because of the number of friends who expressed interest in it. So thanks again to Cities team, and I look forward to hearing more insightful and thought-provoking podcasts in the new year. Hi, Melissa. This is Jennifer Guo, and I want to thank you so much for your comment in response to the Atlanta shooting episode. I was really encouraged and blessed to hear you speak about how that episode impacted you, and I really loved what you shared about um, both how you learn from the episode, but also about how you really identified with it because of your own encounters with racism. And thank you so much for sharing it. All of that means so much, um, especially because Asian American issues tend to not receive much airtime or much spotlight. And so, yeah, it's just really meaningful, both how that episode impacted you as well as how you shared it. I personally was really reeling from that tragedy and Recording the episode ended up being very healing for me. I didn't really want to do it, but I felt like I needed to. But then, yeah, for me personally, doing it ended up being a blessing for myself. I was actually extremely touched and grateful right away when the team suggested devoting an episode 
to processing the shooting. Yeah, because like I mentioned, Asian American issues are usually not seen. And I felt really, really seen by my teammates and that meant a lot too. And so, yeah, I was thankful to be part of shining a spotlight, not just on racism toward Asian Americans, but also on the intersectional experience of Asian women. Hi, Melissa. This is Grace. Thanks for your comment and uh, just for sharing how impactful that episode about the Atlanta spa shootings was for you. For me, that episode um, was really meaningful because uh, I think being able to share from my own personal experience um, and also from some of the research that I've been doing about Asian Americans, I think, yeah, it was just a really um, helpful space for me to process um, some of the events that were happening and um, also the rise of anti-Asian discrimination that's been happening during covid So I think, yeah, it was super helpful having that space. And I'm grateful for like our team members to um, allow, you know, me and Jennifer to just uh, speak freely um, and honestly about our reactions to everything that was going on. So yeah, I thank you so much for um, listening and thanks so much for all of our great conversations as well. Hello, the Two Cities podcast and audience of the Two Cities podcast. This is Scott Coley. I am grateful to have been a guest on the Two Cities podcast on a couple of occasions discussing uh, critical theory and related matters. I'm really thankful for the guests that Two Cities finds, uh, the subject matter that they cover. It's really remarkable the breadth of subject matter that the podcast covers and um, the quality of expertise uh, that they find, uh, present company excluded, of course. In terms of breadth of subject matter and quality of guests, I'd have to say that the Two Cities podcast is up there near the top of my list of theology, Christian theology uh, type podcasts. So I really appreciate what y'all are doing. Catch up with you soon. Thanks. Hey, Two Cities team. This is Tessa. Congrats on your 100th episode. There are a lot of things I could say about the work that you all are doing, but I think one that has been very important to me is through the pandemic it was really hard to sit and see some of the ways that the places i used to call home in the church or churches i didn't know were showing behavior that was really grievous to me and your podcast gave us a place and is giving us a place where people are simply willing to tell the truth and say seemingly simple things like racism is real and the gender debate is actually more complicated than you think. You know, things you'd hope to see across the board, but it sometimes seems hard to find. And so I just wanted to say thank you for being a group of people in the faith who are calling Christians to be thoughtful and courageous and honest and I have so enjoyed listening to your podcast it has been a place of hope when I really needed it so thank you you guys are doing work that shows that good theology really does make the world bigger not smaller so again thank you I think if I wanted to hear anything from you guys it would be how making this podcast has given you hope. 
has been a thing of hope for you. So if you have thoughts on that, I would love to hear them. Hi, Tessa. Thank you so much for your encouraging words. Um, We really appreciate it and for your support um, and listening to our podcast. This is Grace Ng. And yeah, I just wanted to say how much your words really meant a lot to me because I think for me, this space and this podcast has also been a really great place of encouragement and hope even amidst a lot of the challenges and difficulties of the pandemic and um, all of the things that the pandemic revealed about the church. It has been a really hard season. I have also um, experienced Yeah, some of that uh, disillusionment um, with some churches as well, which I used to call home, and that's been really hard to face. Um, And so, yeah, being in a place where we can have these conversations um, and I feel supported and my voice matters, I think has been um, super uh, helpful for me as well, especially thinking through all these different issues and all the different nuances that come along with it, you know, looking at systemic racism and social justice and gender um, and looking at it through a theological lens and learning from so many great guests and um, from my fellow teammates. Yeah, it's just been an amazing experience being part of this podcast. And so I'm so glad that you're just able to join us um, on this journey. And um, yeah, thanks again for listening. Grace, uh, I really appreciate your response to Tessa. And Tessa, thank you so much for your words of encouragement to us. Uh, This is Daniel Parham. It has been quite a season for for anyone who who is walking this journey called Christianity, I think particularly in the West and, you know, in the conversations that we've had uh, in light of the pandemic. And so I appreciate your vulnerability, your honesty there. And one, um, uh, we commend you for helping to inform us uh, that we are not the only ones who are grappling with um, so much of these prevailing conversations that I think challenge our brothers and sisters in the faith towards a more clearer way of what kingdom life looks like, uh, but also a more humbler way of that. And I would say that my time uh, alongside Grace and my other teammates has been a humbling time for me to, to hear um, from our guests and to hear from my teammates uh, in the complexities of uh, the conversations that we try to frame uh, uh, within a theological context, which I think at times uh, theology is seen other than uh, the practical realities of our world. Uh, and, and it's a reminder for us that God invades um, every aspect of our lives, politically, socially, right, racially, ethnically. And so to, to think through uh, how do we navigate that dis- disillusionment? I think you have to navigate disillusionment with a sense of, I, I would say, a sense of bittersweet optimism. I'm reminded of the prophets who are clearly called to very unorthodox, paradoxical situations where those who were covenant people of God were some of the most despicable arbitrators of uh, injustices, and yet God stayed committed to them uh, and use their own people to bring about a sense of reform and change uh, and conversation and reminders of the clarity of the scriptures uh, in a way that um, embodies who we're supposed to be to the world that we're, we're called to. And I think that's what we're trying to, to do 
um, in this podcast is to really show ourselves what we see in the world and show the world what we should be as a church uh, and what we can be uh, as, as a church. And so I appreciate your ability to see what we see in a humble way and to um, be able to inform us that there's so much more conversation that needs to happen. Uh, and there's so many more complexities um, that we have to hold and glean from one another in a posture of humility, but also in a posture of courage. Uh, and to what you said, it's, it's a courageous moment when you seek truth uh, in a way that allows other people to come to the table uh, and to be able to hear from them uh, and glean, uh, I think, more clarity on who we were supposed to be as a church. So appreciate your thoughts. Uh, appreciate you um, being a part uh, of this journey that we're going through, and we look forward to many more conversations. Hey, John and the Two Cities team, I wanted to congratulate you on reaching your 100th episode as a podcast. I really appreciate how uh, you approach really difficult uh, cultural issues uh, and you approach them from a thoughtful and, and biblical perspective and one that's not based in fear, um, fear of the other, fear of ideas that are uh, counter to the Bible and things like that. You are calm, uh, clear-minded, and present in a very thoughtful manner. I really appreciated the series you did on apologetics. It was really helpful to see apologetics from a, a different perspective and, and maybe question some of the presuppositions or the goals of apologetics that are often taken for granted. I also really appreciated the, your recent episode on deconstruction. I work as a hospital chaplain. It's given me a lot of reason to kind of wrestle with uh, what do I really believe and, and is Jesus really the only way and all, and all these other issues that I've just kind of always believed but never really like had reason to question or wrestle with them. So thank you. My name's Robbie. I, I know Dr. Anthony Dunn from his time back in St. Andrews. Um, him and I used to drink craft beer together. That was kind of our common interest. I've been aware of the, the podcast, The Two Cities, for quite some time. But uh, I'm not a Christian myself, so, so nothing really jumped out to me um, until the apologetics sort of miniseries. I listened to all of those and thought they were quite interesting. I liked some of the different guests' takes on it. There's certainly um, things I hadn't considered in the past. Uh, the overall, I really enjoyed the podcast. That was well produced. I like the guests, and I hope to hear more. So I've listened to about a handful of episodes from the Two City podcast and have enjoyed the various topics they discuss. But there's this one particular episode on pistis, or faith. They were talking about what does it mean to believe in the gospel. And I can honestly say that this episode and the discussions that ensued transformed the way I saw faith and belief. It was stuck in my mind after, and I was talking about it to people and bringing it up the following days. And I even reflected on how this could transform my own ministry, my belief, and even the presentation of the gospel to Muslims who I desire to come to true faith in Jesus. So anyway, keep up the thought-provoking episodes, guys. Thank you. 
G'day Two Cities crew, Andrew Persianoff here, an Anglican minister and theology research student in Melbourne, Australia. Just wanted to say I really enjoy your podcast, it's something I look forward to every week and the only episodes I skip are the ones about shows and movies I haven't seen yet. I really appreciate the deep thought and academic rigour you all bring to the important topics of life and the church. I thought your gender and apologetic series were particularly helpful. But the best episode, I thought, was the interview with Sheila Ray Gregoire on The Great Sex Rescue. I think I had forwarded that podcast to the youth ministry leadership team I volunteer in before I'd even finished listening to it. My question for you all is, who are some people, scholars, theologians, writers, uh, who you disagree with on one or more big issues that you have helped shape your life and thought? Cheers. Hey, Percy, this is Amber. First of all, this is a fantastic question. And the person that first came to mind when I heard your question was Friedrich Nietzsche. He's a philosopher who I find myself always wrestling with. I say that he's the philosopher who I love hate the most. Um, I'm always going back to him for different things, but I always read him and get irritated with him too. So I think that there are key areas where I disagree with him or where I think his analysis is insufficient or it's lacking in some respect, but I have a lot of respect for other things that he says that I think are very insightful. So as far as someone that I wrestle with the most, uh, that would be Nietzsche. Hello, Two Cities podcast team. My name is Kevin Rognes. I live here in Minnesota, and I've been listening to a great many of the episodes it's provided me with a lot of intellectual stimulation while I've been scraping popcorn ceilings at my condo that I recently closed on. So I'm very grateful for all of your provision for something thoughtful to listen to while I'm doing that. So I don't know if I have as much of a question as I kind of want to make a statement and have you either agree or disagree or push back on it, whatever. I'm going to state that what we think about eschatology doesn't really matter because ultimately I think it's most likely that we're going to get it wrong in terms of trying to, to discern what's going to happen in the end times. And I would also say that in many ways the discussion has become non-productive in the sense that people have gotten so up in arms about amillennialism or premillennialism or whatever that it's something that we can't know the answer to anyway, and be, and we're getting uselessly divided over it. So that is kind of why I think that eschatology, or rather what we think of it, doesn't entirely matter. So agree, disagree, push back, say I'm crazy, run with that idea. So thanks for being a thought-provoking podcast. I really appreciate it, and keep up the excellent work. All of you, it's great. I especially love hearing people from other parts of the world that have fun accents. So thank you for that. Thanks, Kevin, for uh, those kind words and congratulations on the condo. Uh, this is Brandon Hurlbert. Uh, and I, I really appreciate uh, your question or your statement. I think in certain ways, focusing on eschatology too much, I think you're right that, that it does end uh, with, you know, needless division. And I think you're, I think uh, you're right in saying, you know, at the end of the day, we're, we're really not going to know uh, until we find out, until we experience it. And so spending all the time trying to work out every single detail 
you know, make some charts and graphs. Um, yeah, probably isn't the best use of our time. But on the other side, I, I do want to push back and, and say that what we think about eschatology actually does matter quite a bit because, uh, you know, growing up in a church that really, really emphasized on the end times, I mean, there was a prophecy conference, like, multiple times a year and there was a lot of emphasis on the rapture and, and a really really you know narrow uh understanding of eschatology with you know dispensationalist uh dispensationalism you know that that kind of focus ends up doing a lot of uh can, can do a lot of damage to um how you understand the world i mean if you think that uh we're just all going to get uh zapped up uh by the lord at some point uh you know raptured then like you're not going to focus on creation care or climate justice like those aren't those just aren't going to be your concerns historically speaking if you think that you know really we just got to work towards you know sharing the gospel at all costs or that way everyone has a chance to respond before we get zapped up or something like that then you're not really going to pay much attention to to issues of justice uh you're probably not going to be concerned with uh, alleviating societal uh, injustices and, and, and alleviating um, suffering and especially the poor because like those aren't really the most important things um, if you have a certain understanding of eschatology and I think that does go not just with dispensationalism but I think that goes with certain forms uh, of you know amil um, or, 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 or what have you you know a lot of the different um, eschatological understandings have their own uh, unique problems. But I think it does matter. Uh, and I think we should probably be aware of how our uh, eschatologies shape, uh, shape us and how our understandings of how the end times uh, will work and, and how that, uh, you know, what it means that Jesus will come back and return you know, how does that affect our daily lives? You know, are we caring for the poor? Are we caring for justice? Uh, are we caring for God's creation? I think those are really important things to be focusing on. And if our eschatology doesn't prioritize these issues, doesn't make us want to build the kingdom now and participate with God's uh, mission, then uh, we probably have something wrong. But anyways, thank you so much for your uh, question. Thanks, Kevin. And uh, hi from someone who has a funky accent. I, I just want to echo uh, what Brandon's been saying about the just the, that engagement of uh, eschatology and the wanting to see the eschatology not just as a future thing, but as something which has real present implications. One of the things that we do psychologically as we process and think about the future, regardless of what that future is, is that we uh, create what we call uh, possible future selves. Cognitively, we try and imagine what it would look like to be, you know, 50 years in the future or 100 years in the future. And that's that's not just pie in the sky dreaming. That's uh, actually engaged engaged cognitively in then our decision making about what that future should look like. Uh, so if we, as Brandon said, if if we believe that you know this world is going to be annihilated, we imagine that annihilated world, and therefore that we use that to, as a way of uh, understanding our current world. We uh, retroject that back into all of our current decisions. Uh, we do that all the time uh, in, in really little things. I mean, you're, you're renovating a condo. When you look at the condo, you imagine the, it without the popcorn ceilings, 
uh, as, you, as you're renovating it. Uh, and so you look at that and you go, this is what I want it to look like. And therefore I'm going to enact my decisions now on the basis of that. And so I think, yeah, over obsessing on eschatology is unhelpful, but under realizing it, under obsessing on it, under working it means that we uh, end up in a position that we have no vision of what, what is to come to inform our present lives. But thanks for the question. It's great. Um, and it's good to, to think about it some more. I discovered Two Cities podcast early on during the first pandemic lockdown when I was feeling quite isolated. I really appreciated how the podcast brought me a sense of connection and engagement with other Christians around the world. I usually listen when I'm out walking my dog. And so it feels like you have all been my companions along the way. And I'm thankful for that sense of shared intellectual life. I enjoyed all the episodes, but I especially appreciated the cultural identity series and the way Dr. Ogg emphasised that all Western biblical scholarship is contextualised and there's no such thing as an unhyphenated interpretation of scripture. It's a really fundamental hermeneutical insight and I found her critical reflection helpful and also personally very challenging, so thank you. I'm really looking forward to whatever Two Cities has in store for us in 2022 and I wonder if you might possibly give us a teaser. And I'd also like to know, what was the funniest outtake? Give us your bloopers, please. Hi, it's Grace Emmett again here. I feel really lucky to be uh, responding to Emily because Emily is a really good friend of mine. Uh, and also just going to give her a quick shout out because she's recently submitted her PhD thesis, which is really exciting. Um, in terms of what, ne- what is next, yeah, we've got a few series planned for next year. And um, we've actually recorded quite a lot of the first series that's coming up already, which is going to be on anti-Judaism. And looking at that from different perspectives in terms of thinking about reading uh, historical texts in their context and uh, where anti-Jewishness manifests in those in kind of the life of early Christianity but also in more modern contexts and where we see manifestations of anti-Judaism and how that intersects with other prejudice like anti-blackness and the role of whiteness um, in anti-Jewishness. Yeah so really excited about sharing that and um, got loads of amazing guests that have come on to talk to us about their work um, whether that's from a research perspective or from an activist perspective Um, so looking forward to people listening to that and, and giving us their feedback. Yeah, thank you, Emily. And uh, as Grace said, we're doing a series on anti-Judaism. It, it's, it is kind of that logical follow-on from the cultural identity series. Uh, it, it, there are so many uh, implications of cultural identity that we wanted to explore, and so anti-Judaism was one of them. Uh, we're also actually going to be uh, doing a short series on Jesus in film. Uh, and th- this is one of the ones that I think is often less appreciated, appreciated, but the way that we engage with pictures of Jesus and and the ancient world is so heavily colored by the visual media that we that we see him through. Uh, and so in a year where we we've had quite significant representations of Jesus, notably the gun-toting American Jesus, right through to um, the chosen, and which shows a more, culturally embedded Jesus. One of the things we want to explore is, is not just in, in ancient media, how these things are portrayed, but in our modern media, how they're portrayed uh, through uh, the genre that most people seem to be consuming visual media these days in film. And therefore that will impact on our cultural understanding of not just Jesus, but, but Christianity and how people live out their faith. It sort of cycles back around into uh, the cultural identities that we inhabit and and then how, how do we relate them together. Uh, so I hope you'll find that one uh, really helpful as well. And congratulations as well on submitting your PhD. Uh, I saw that news on Twitter. Well done.
Thanks so much, Emily. It's Steph here. One final series that we're very excited about for 2022 is that we're planning a long series on disability. Um, this is something that a lot of the team members are really interested in, partly from personal experiences, but also because I think that um, it's a really important area for our common life generally. I think that in our common life together, we're at a crucial juncture because we're at the risk of severing a belief a conviction in, in, you know, the universal um, belief in, in human dignity um, from its theological and logical underpinnings. And that's playing out in all sorts of policy areas, but also in the life of the church. As a, as a bit of a teaser, primer, we're going to be looking at all sorts of questions from um, issues of what it is to be a human, what it is to be a person, what it is to be a participant in the community of justice and um, people that are owed reciprocal obligations to one another in our common life. We're going to be looking at eschatological questions. What is the resurrection hope for people that have disability? That's a really interesting question and I think it has a different texture depending on the kinds of disability that we're talking about. It's not like there's a one uniform theological treatment for disability. Um, there's a big bifurcation between physical disabilities and intellectual disabilities. We're going to be exploring that and we're really excited. We're hoping to get a great lineup of, of guests on the show and we're looking forward to exploring these issues with our listeners. So buckle up 2022. Yeah, we're really excited for the series that we have planned for 2022. But one of the things that you also asked us for, Emily, was for some outtakes. And so we've provided a number of them here for you. A couple of things that you'll notice about these outtakes is that they mostly involve Logan and myself a little bit. And one of the things that you'll kind of get to experience by listening to these is stuff that we deal with each time we record. So that podcast is actually highly edited, uh, but we have a lot of fits and starts along the way and a number of things that we kind of uh, cut around bloopers that are happening all the time. So this is a kind of nice little sampler of that. One of the things that you'll hear in this bloopers outtake section are references to an April 1st bloopers episode. This is something we had talked about doing for some time, but we never actually pulled the trigger on. So there will be reference to that just so you know. One of the perennial problems is that Logan will often come into an episode without his audio levels queued up. And so here's an example of that when we were recording with Dr. Lucy Pepia in our episode, Women in First Corinthians. Am, am I up then? Okay. Uh, this might be better to put beforehand, John, just as a note. Um, it's, um, you're t you're clipping massively. I don't oh, know. Yeah. How's that? How's I don't that? know if you I don't know if you put it in your mouth, but yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I can just have to move it far away. Sorry. Okay, I think okay. my my amp is probably really high up. Anyways. Another perennial issue behind the scenes with our recording is that Logan often likes to make fun of me and you'll see it in this clip as Grace Emmett is struggling with her audio and I try to encourage Grace with the content that she gave us and apparently I was a little too loud myself and Logan wanted to let me know just how loud I was. Was there a sudden shift there in my? I, yeah, yeah, there was. I there I, was. I, I heard it heard it too. I wasn't sure what it was. Your microphone just like randomly started working or something. <sighs> it was good though it was good though do you want to just do an all really it was good though <laughs> all right sorry sorry um do you want to do do you want to do an alt really quick here's another extended outtake in which we were recording our episode on pollen masculinity with grace emmett before she eventually joined our team 
And this is cut straight from the beginning of the episode in which we are trying to get the ball rolling on properly introducing everyone and getting going on the conversation. And you can see how the wheels kind of unravel very quickly after Logan insists that he'd like to host the episode and introduce everything and then quickly backs away from that and everything kind of spirals out of control from there. All right. You guys ready? Cool. Welcome. John, when can I do the intro? That's do it right now. Actually. Do it right now. Do, do it right now. Seriously. <laughs> I, Christic man voice. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, is, it is. It's like, it's like we're doing a podcast on masculinity and here we go. <laughs> Welcome to the Two Cities podcast, a podcast about theology, culture, and discipleship. What else do you say? You gotta introduce yourself. Okay, you you do it. You do it. No, 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 no. no, no. I, iconic. That you've already record. That's already been recorded. No, like, no, no, no. I don't. I don't want that. Out. You go. You I you really off halfway through. No, well, sorry. You go. You go. You go. But but like genuinely, Logan, if you want to do this one, go for it. No, 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 no. no. Or Amber, do you want to? Do you want to do it? No, I think you should do it. Although it'd be fun. John, you you Logan literally have a radio. And then John, you could be like, just kidding. Welcome to the two cities. <laughs> <laughs> What if we all yeah, said one word and then you just cut and spliced every single word? Like, you know, like. <laughs> so like I said, welcome. You said two. Amber said the. Grace said two. And then we all said cities in perfect harmony. Dude, okay. But those podcasts were like, were like four people are saying the same introduction at the same time. And it's like a minute long. Like they're oh, so awful. Oh, you hate those? Do you like them? <laughs> oh, I thought we were going to go in that direction. <laughs> no, 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 no. All right, all right, all right, all right. Give us a welcome, bro. Okay, we're good? Yeah. Welcome to the Two Cities Podcast. I'm John Anthony Dunn, and today we're going to talk about Paul and masculinity. And joining me to do that, we have Amber Bowen, who is a PhD candidate at the University of Aberdeen. How's it going, Amber? Going well. Thanks, John. And we have Dr. Logan Williams, who is awesome. How's it going, Logan? Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Really? How, <laughs> how, how do you want me to introduce you? <laughs> First of all, didn't we say that it was more than just Paul and masculinity? Oh, but I just thought it was like a shorthand. Is that all right as a shorthand? Okay. I mean, obviously, there's a lot we're going to talk about. But... Yeah, yeah. I think just, the name of the podcast should be more than just that, but sure. okay, okay. What, what, what? Well, see where it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I do think we should talk about culture and stuff and use, but okay. We'll, we'll so, talk about culture. Don't worry. Uh, do Paul, masculinity, <laughs> and the American church. Paul, masculinity, and the church. Uh, and and conceptions of masculinity in the Western church. Paul Less and. Paul and conceptions of masculinity in the Western Church. Okay, no, that's 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 impossible. No, no, is that, no. no I, yeah. I, I, that's fine. I'll do that. Do you want okay. me to read? Do you want me to yeah, read? Yeah, go get, go get, go get. Logan, sh should I say Doctor Logan? Yeah, Williams, just say, just say who Dr. recently Logan completed a PhD. No, just say joining us from Durham is fine. Joining us from England. No, no, I'll say that you recently com completed your PhD. Okay. Yeah. Like okay. ten months ago. Sorry. Okay. <clears throat> Welcome to the Two Cities Podcast. I'm John Anthony Dunn, and today we're going to talk about Paul and conceptions of masculinity in the Western Church. And joining me to do that, we have Amber Bowen, who is a PhD candidate 
in philosophy at the University of Aberdeen. How's it going, Amber? It's going well, John. Thanks. And we have Dr. Logan Williams, who recently completed a PhD in New Testament at Durham University. How's it going, Logan? I'm awesome. <laughs> Redo that. Redo Sorry. That. <laughs> okay. Hey, John, thanks for having me. This next outtake is probably our favorite among all of us on the Two Cities team. We were recording our episode on contested masculinities with Robert Stegman, and Logan joined our conversation quite late. And at the very end of it, when we were recording the introductions to the episode, which is how we normally do it, Logan informed us that he needed to go first because of a very specific reason. And the author of Contested Masculinities, Polysemy and Gender in First Thessalonians, published in 2020 with Lexington Books. Team members. Well, I gotta, oh, sorry. I, sorry. I, got, I got to do my intro because I got to crumble okay. in the oven. So. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry. Sorry. Re just real quick. Sorry. Crumble in the oven. Sorry. Um, uh, team members on the episode from the two cities include Dr. Grace Emmett. And a man who's got a crumble in the oven, Dr. Logan Williams, proving that there are multiple. It sounds like a euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a crumble in the oven. <laughs> I, I really do have a crumble in the oven. Wait, wait, wait. No, we don't need to know, okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, I really do. I got to take it out. It's, I'm not sure if it's burning right now. Okay. Well, how about you go check on it and then great. Grace I'm burning my crumble in the oven. Just let me do my intro. I don't oh. want to burn the crumble. Okay. Can, okay. can I just, I'm uh, sorry. One second. One second. Team members on the episode from the two cities include Dr. Grace Emmett, Dr. Logan Williams, and myself, Dr. John Anthony Dunn. Okay. Go ahead, Logan. And an honorary crum crum oven crumble. <laughs> Uh, what did we talk about today? I don't know. A bunch of stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, um, one thing that's really great about this episode is the way that uh, Rob talks about nah, Dr. Stegman. Uh, you know, one of my favorite parts about this episode is the way Dr. Stegman talks about the value of postcolonial criticism uh, when applied to Paul and also when applied to ourselves as readers. Um, and he'll have a lot to say about that. That's really helpful. Okay, bye. I got to check on my crumble. See you later. <laughs> I gotta get my crumble out of the oven, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I mean, just go. <laughs> what? Oh, um, trying to think more serious things now. Um, here's another outtake when we were recording our episode on Jesus and John Wayne with Dr. Kristen Cobes de May. And at the very end of it, we were trying to figure out how to sort of say goodbye. And uh, this is what ensued. Beautiful. You want to do a corporate thank you? Uh, oh, sure. Sure. Go ahead. I'll, I'll leave the recording on for just a second if you want to say, say thank you. All right. Everyone's mic's off. Ready? Thank you. Thank you, Kristen. Awesome. Sounded like we're a school chorus or something. I don't, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think, that's, that's going to be in the April 1st bloopers. Uh, yeah, excuse me, like, I usually don't go back and listen to these, like once I do record them, I just, I think I have to go listen to this, see what you guys put, how you put this all together. Wait, Sean, are you, I'm, are you I'm, seriously going to have a bloopers chat. reel? Oh yeah, I'm definitely going to do a bloopers episode. I've been saving, I've been saving you a lot of so many bit. for me, it's yeah. really bad. <laughs> In, in fact, I have a new introduction to the bloopers episode. It's going to start with Logan saying, wait, John, are you really doing a bloopers episode? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely.
happen. Can it be just you saying welcome for like 20 minutes? Like <laughs> no. laughing? No. Wait, are we going to have the, um, this is Logan, who is awesome, blooper? Oh, yeah, that's that's, that's part right. of it. Yeah, that's okay. part of it. All right, all right. Uh, I will stop the right. recording now. Yeah. Then we have this outtake that I am personally embarrassed by when we had Dr. Beth Allison Barr on our podcast to talk about her book, The Making of Biblical Womanhood. And I kind of messed up the title of the book in my first take on the introduction. Welcome to the Two Cities Podcast. I'm John Anthony Dunn, and today we're going to talk about the baking. The baking. Oh, gosh. That was a Freudian slip, I think. Oh, that no, goes no. in our, our April oh, one no. episode. Oh, the no. baking of biblical womanhood. Oh, yeah. I, I'm so embarrassed right now. Okay. That is so good. All right. I, I, I'm going to chalk it up to the, the your initials being BB. That's what I'm going to go There with. you are. You can do that. Well, don't, <laughs> don't forget it's from Baker as well. Oh, yeah, so there it is. true. Okay. From Baker okay. Publishing. Well, Brazos, Brazos, which is, Brazos, technically, I think, right? Brazos? Yes, it's Brazos. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I was gonna say, like, surely being like being a baker book, it's it's building into that trope, isn't it? <laughs> oh goodness. Okay. All right. Let's do this. <clears throat> and here we have a fantastic blooper in which Amber is reflecting on our gender series in our gender wrap up episode. And as she begins to talk about Sheila Ray Guevara's episode on the Great Sex Rescue. She uses a particularly interesting turn of phrase that we all can't get over. And speaking of the not all men theme, um, really in the Great Sex Rescue episode, uh, Sheila talked about the issue of lust um, and every man's battle and how, and I think Logan, you you made this point that I thought was insightful that uh, it can be a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, you give these boys these book, books at such a young age that talk about how they are just this ball of lust, you know, and, um, and it, it, you, you start to assume that kind of identity and, um, oh my gosh. <laughs> you mean balls of lust? Yeah. Ball. Oh, Brandon, like lose it. Ball. Great no. balls of lust. No, 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 Keep going. Keep going. You're, this is great. This is nope. great. Nope. Taking that part out. <laughs> All right. Strike that. Great balls of lust. <laughs> All right, Emily, I hope you appreciated those outtakes. Thanks for the opportunity to share some of these uh, hilarious gems that we've kind of just been sitting on, waiting to use for some purpose, uh, and, and we're glad to finally be able to share them with everybody. Hey, John and the Two Cities. Seth here. Uh, one of the things I've particularly appreciated um, about the podcast this this last year has been, I think, the the series on gender in the church and women in church leadership. Uh, I think it actually started started last year. Um, but uh, both my mum and my wife are currently training to be priests in the Church of England. Uh, and also my sister's been forging her own kind of Christian journey at university recently. Um, and so it was really helpful for all of us to be able to listen to experts talk about you know, difficult Bible passages, um, patriarchal church roles, and, and all presented in a mostly accessible way, uh, so that when, when we, who are, you know, kind of non-biblical studies specialists, uh, encounter these things in our day-to-day -day lives, we have uh, a way of understanding um, and navigating them better, and also a way of, um, or vocabulary to talk about them with each other too. So that's been really great. Um, I've also finally finished reading uh, Dr. Dumais' Jesus and John Wayne, which took me way, way longer to read than your great podcast with her did uh, in, in January. 
Um, so yeah, thanks for that too. So um, cheers very much to City's team. Uh, if you can hear some piano playing in the background, that's actually Logan. So sorry about that. <laughs> thanks for that comment, Seth. And just for context, Logan actually lives with Seth in, in Hartleypool. And it's really funny that he's playing piano in the background because we actually wanted to tell you all the origin story of where our intro and theme music came from. If you didn't know, Logan actually wrote it all, but he wrote it originally for a totally different purpose. Logan, do you want to tell us the story of where this music came from? Yeah. So in 2018, I lived in a commune in Germany doing an Erasmus exchange program uh, during my PhD. And I lived in this uh, like five-story building. And so it was like 20-person big house. It was a lot of fun. The guy on, the guy on my floor, uh, Jakob, uh, was a rapper. And he was like pretty good. Uh, and I actually have a, uh, a like rogue recording uh, of him rapping in the kitchen. Uh, so here's that. Vertreib dennoch bleibt Zeit für ausreichend mein Verschleiß. Die Jungs und ich hängen nap am Balkon und lieben mir Bier, wie der Vater den Sohn. Tagsüber am Hassen an der Universität, wo jedes hübsche Girl hier den Sommerkleid trägt. Und abends stehen wir He was like, oh, he, he knew I was a musician because I like played piano a lot. And he was like, oh, do you wanna, do you ever wanna make me like a like a beat? Do you ever make beats? And I was like, oh yeah, definitely. It's like, all right, well, I really like rapping this stuff that's like kind of like has a bit more of like a happier vibe um and i was like okay but like still like grooves so i was like oh, okay okay so then i just kind of like went underground for like two days and just like wrote this over a weekend <laughs> like friday to sunday i was just like oh like and i just got really excited and mostly this because i like producing things and when i get into the zone i really get into the zone and so wrote this from scratch just produced this entire track with all the horns piano and chords and whatever and then like i think on like the monday or something i showed it to him and he was like no nah, this is too happy <laughs> but it's really good like i was i was really proud of myself for making it. i think i like i think it's a catchy track so then it just like sat on my computer for like years and then finally when we got the two cities podcast up and running i was like oh i have this track that like really grooves it was like really happy. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of the origins of that music. Funnily enough, Jakob, if you're listening, still willing to make a kind of less happy groove for you if you want. But I apologize uh, for making some, you know, it was too happy in the first instance. But it wasn't wasted. Little did I know that in two, like two and a half years time, is going to be the theme music to our podcast. I love the idea that the music originates as this like happy, you know, beat for, for a rapper and that he thought it was too happy. So, so we used it for our podcast. I think that's amazing. But of course, I mean, now that I think about it, I can't imagine anyone rapping over that track. <laughs> so like, I totally get what he was saying. I think in my head, I was just like happy, right? I need, ha I need to channel happy, which is funny because I feel like I succeeded because one person did say, they just get so happy every time they open the open one of our podcasts. That's right? right. That's right. One of our one of our commenters did say that. And the final thing is a just a random side note. I just love your intro music. It always puts me in a good mood, and I just I love I love when it comes on. It's obviously been a wonderful theme song and has served us very, very well. But we are going to be retiring this music and moving on with some new theme music for the next 100 episodes. And Logan, I think you have prepared something for us to kind of close out this episode with. 
Yeah, so for the next 100 episodes, we will be using new music that I wrote last week. I actually wrote it in Brandon's house, so apologies to him because he's heard it 100 billion times already. Uh, but yeah. Well, we're really excited to be able to unveil this new music, and this is a fitting way for us to end the episode. Thanks again for listening, and thanks again for all of your support. We really, really appreciate it. Cheers, everyone. Cheers, everyone.